2: Hei o te kia On The Rag, Hey kone mō mana wahine. Citizens of the Nation, welcome back to On The Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of woman. Ko Alex Casey Aho, joined as always in the spin-off studio by Michelle A. Court. And Leonie Hayden. Tino tata katoa. How are we doing, guys? August, eh? It's actually oh, well into September now. now it is. They don't have to know that. <laughs> it's only a week
0: into September. It's almost not even September. It's like, it's just the It's the epilogue to August. It's But okay. also,
1: can we believe it's September? No. It it and like do. They know it's January, Christmas time. January, February, <laughs> March. April, May, July, September. It is so intense. <laughs> it was crazy.
2: I just can't believe, like, there was a time last year... I remember reading a headline that was like, Judge Judy renewed all the way to 2020. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's years away. That's not that far. No, it's, it's just coming now. So, the Judge, 20s Judge are just around the
1: there. corner. I'm, oh, my God. You gonna have to say, what? I'm going to wear a 20s out. <laughs> Twenties oh, Dropway drop
2: waist dresses don't really work on no. me. No, me neither. <laughs> oh, neither. Cool. They
1: make my legs look like they're about a centimetre long. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, mine are a centimetre long,
2: <laughs> which is why it looks that way. Oh. Coming up on this podcast, a French chef gets furious, reality TV gets extremely real, and the climate continues to change despite what misogynists might think. But first... We've got to thank our friends at the Women's Bookshop, who are our lovely sponsors, who make this podcast possible. If you're in Auckland, check them out on Ponsonby Road or buy your books online, for God's sake. Why not? They're easy. Dub, 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 Nz. We're doing another giveaway this month. We're giving away My First Words in Māori by the wonderful Stacey Morrison.
1: Yeah, kia queenie.
2: Um, help your tamariki to kōrero Māori with us with this brilliant First Words book by Stacey Morrison. It's got beautiful illustrations and it's got little flashcards. It looks amazing. I like it. So we'll give that away on our Facebook page. I want Stacey it. Stacey
0: Morrison. It's one of the finest human beings on the planet. She really she? is. I saw
2: her once and I just couldn't believe it.
1: I saw her last night. She emceed an event I went to, which I'm actually going to talk about a little bit later. Yes, please. But she just filled a room. Yeah. And then she got everyone to like turn to each other and Hongi and Hariru and say Modi order to each other and it went from being this kind of stiff formal event to just a room full of friends in under thirty seconds. Wow. Because of her charm and charisma.
0: She she exudes warmth and love and kindness. Yeah. She's she's gone out of her way to do nice things for me when I've been doing stuff. And you just I'm going, why I don't know why you're giving me all of this love and energy, but I'm so, so, so grateful. Yeah.
1: It's oh, a good step. I try and ask other people to answer my trio questions, yes. but it's always Stacey that yes. shows up like and really? goes, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's it. I'll that's, talk you through it. That's what am I talking about? What about this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're amazing. Oh. Yeah.
0: I keep want, not wanting to make her the person who has to give me that energy, right. but she offers it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because yeah. she's
1: a good one.
2: She is. She's is a good one. So, I win, try and get bloody in the drawer to win that book. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cracker. On get behind Facebook. me. Yay. On the rag on Facebook. Um, hey, we won an award. <gasps> hey. First up on the bulletin. Why? <laughs> you are talking. What, what are we? Hottest media, media product.
0: product. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means, no, but it makes us sound like a
1: bunch of tampons. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm okay
0: with it. Tampons on fire. Tampons Hot. on fire.
1: Hot.
2: Well, or, um, you know, the the Cayenne Pepper. Yes. On you know, the, the from
0: the cheese on toast on you the Know about
2: that. If, <laughs> <laughs> if I can say that word. I think yeah, I can. It's
1: not where cayenne Pepper goes. People
2: mm, might well. be confused. People might get it. It's got it hands up sometimes. We've all we've all been there. It but was we're a delighted. a marketing <laughs>
1: magazine. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's not the hugest of prizes. And oh. in fact yeah. the whole conceit really is they just nominate every single person <laughs> and outlet in the media so that you then go, oh, we've been nominated for something and then you promote you talk them. Talk the
2: about them. And you, yeah. oh. It didn't work for I us, mean, though. I'm not ungrateful. Not I'm
1: not ungrateful. I just
2: think we should take it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, we'll
1: say Yeah. Yeah. We won an award. Honest media award. I think we
2: won an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a Grammy or an Emmy? I can never remember which way it goes. It's an egout. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, something about that, in the Stop Press article about it, there was a big a big chunk of it was talking about the On The Rag 24-7 Facebook group, which at the time was humming along great. We did the interview for it quite a while ago mm. before the article went out, and I just wanted to announce that that group has since been archived due to there was – it got, just got a bit out of control with how many members were on board, and there were some people in there who were not fitting the vibe – And we just kind of realised it was sort of impossible to know who's who. The call was coming from inside the house. It was. And And (laughs) the time that was needed
1: (laughs) for us to moderate it Properly, yeah. none of us had. Not we, a single one of the three of us had the time yeah. or the mental energy.
0: And we approached it with the co of everybody is welcome. Yeah. And and I love that. I think that's a really nice way, and it's very democratic, but uh, all kinds of people ended up in there. Yeah. and yeah. Democracy just doesn't
2: work. No, it's <laughs> not. It's what we've realised.
0: Um, we, so we need a dictatorship or yeah. just a bit of filter or yeah. something.
1: But everyone who found us through... Listening to us and engaging with what we're about, obviously that's the community that we we tried to build, and we did mm. very successfully for a while. And we're very grateful for all the feedback you gave us and the lulls and the tears, oh, it was and great. Mm. it was amazing. But um, just with the open door policy, it ended up just people who had no idea who we were, what our co-papa was, just clicking into a feminist group, and. Mm. Going on, going hard. Going hard.
2: Having lots sh- of fights. Train, we, there was a lots of
1: fights, and we didn't, we didn't want to be responsible for that. I exactly. love you guys too much.
0: Yeah, and there's like the world is full of fights, and in full of places where fights can be had. And I mm. just like to have a place where I know fights won't happen, mm. like at my house. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I, a couple yeah, of vodkas and just let it out. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so so what happened was that some of the gorgeous people oh. who had been moderating have. Uh, have started a new page uh
2: and it's um it's working really well mm, cool. it is and i can't back honestly, to the glory days these amazing women the group is now is called korero wahine there's been a lot of a lot of the users from on the Ray 24 7 have jumped over there it's 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 chugging along yeah. in an amazing way and i just wanted to thank all of those amazing moderators who stepped up and value the community yeah. and what it represents so much that they're still willing to give up their time we need to give them gifts. Yes. Yeah, we should. And cash. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: it wasn't. It wasn't binding. Oh. <laughs> it was not a contract.
0: But we should have. We should have a gathering for those who are in geographical proximity. Maybe yes. we should
1: do that. We should. It us give you our love yeah. in person.
0: Yeah. We'll yeah, figure. and it's still a place that I. When I want to take a break from the way the world is in general, I slip over to that page and go, oh, listen to the calm, reasonable voices here. (laughs) This is lovely.
2: Very, very, very glad that that community's kind of moved on in some way and it's still there. So that's kōrero wahine if you would like to join. I I believe there is actually quite a thorough entry process as well. So you've got to really want it. And I think that's... There are some tricky questions. Some tricky questions. Mm. No, no, there's no maths. There's no maths. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What else should we talk about? Our web series. I think we might have talked a bit about the upcoming. We've got a lot of episodes banked now. yes. Um, so we might have already talked about our abortion episode. Did we talk about you getting a fake abortion on camera? Mm, I don't think we did. Because th- that's our latest episode. With The full episode's soon to come, but the, mine and Leone's field stories have already gone online. And yeah. yours was particularly brave and amazing, I, I thought. Well, I, yeah, I didn't feel
1: particularly brave. <laughs> but at the same time, the concept behind it uh, was because as someone who's never accessed abortion care, I literally had no idea what the process involved. So I was like, all right, let's film me going to family planning and arranging to get an abortion, which I did. And I talked to the amazing Nurse Rachel, who was really cool, and all the staff we talked to and met at family planning were really cool. And I sat down with the head of family planning, Jackie Edmonds, um, and then we just went through the steps and sort of drilled down into what the step where you have to get um, two consulting doctors to sign off on, what that's actually for, why it's there, um, and of course, but the legislation is going to change soon. so mm. the, So as it is, it's just sort of capturing right now what that process looks like for people trying to access abortion care, step by step. It's really good. It's a lot of steps. Do down there when the procedure is done and that sort of thing. Mm,
2: Yeah. There was also, um, what was the response like? So,
1: you know me, I don't (laughs) care about responses because I'm terrified of them. But our producer, Amber, has been keeping an eye on stuff. And she has said that overwhelmingly on YouTube and on Facebook, the majority of the comments are positive. Um, and the bad comments are being taken care of by our community of people patiently and not so patiently explaining to them why they're wrong or mm, yeah. arrogant or have no place, having an opinion on this particular subject, which is nice to hear.
2: Yeah, I've been very encouraged. There's been like a lot of lovely messages cause I was sort of bracing for the mm. hellfire. Um, I did get one. Someone message has been off. I did did a series of myth-busting questions. Which was great. Yeah, Alex's
1: piece was so good.
2: With Terry Bellarmack from All And it was just a bunch of things that I had actually collected from Facebook. So these were things that people actually thought were real. Um, So I went through, said the myth, and then she busted it. And a man emailed us and said when are you going to show the other side? (laughs) And I was like, what other side? It literally is showing two sides. sides. Yeah, here's one side and here's the other side. side? Here's the not true and here's the true. Third dimension. True. (laughs) So that was a bit confusing, but apart from that, so you yeah. could
0: have stopped it. A man messaged me, and <laughs>
2: um, we would have nodded. We, we would have just nodded exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, there was some news regarding abortion law reform in August. The government looks like they're going to be opting for Model C of the three options that were kind of on the table. Model
1: C with a
0: twist, which is. It
2: wasn't the ideal, was
0: it? For no, it was the net option right yeah A was the terrific one, which was just uh a decision made by a woman in consultation with her doctor yeah, and then the the terrible one was um uh, continuing to have two other two doctors approving your choice, I believe is that what it was? Oh, I think it, it, was, it might have just it was gone the down hoop jumping to one
1: one. But one. you still had okay. to have a third party approve for right. your choice. right? Yeah.
0: And uh, and then this is the MEH one, which was originally going to be from 20 weeks, but is now from 22. 20.
1: Up to 22, yeah. So there's no statutory testing, um, but up to 20 weeks. But 20 weeks is the point in which a lot of people have a scan, which tells them a lot of detail, mm. and that gives them no time to then make that decision. Yeah, So that's sort of quite a crucial two weeks to not. Not be included in
2: that model Yeah Yeah. Right Mm. And then so How does the law work? (laughs) (laughs) I know that these public submissions open now If you want to Edit the bill Or make your Just make your opinion Just let them
1: know what. Yeah You're pro (laughs) Like you know what The option that you've gone for Is ridiculous Mm. Or it's discriminatory Or whatever And then you can lay that out However you think However is best for you And then they may choose to ignore all of the public submissions, Mm. but at least they'll know what people think.
0: And it's a conscience vote rather than a party vote in Parliament. So every MP can make their own choice, which also means that it's really worthwhile contacting your local MP. Mm. Because uh, although it's their conscience vote, they need to be influenced by the Feeling in their electorate. Yes. And that's what they will say. We own you. Yeah. yeah. They will say, uh, well, you know, personally, I feel blah, blah, but I have heard from my constituents and they think blah, blah. So that's my. Okay, this is me yeah. covering my ass. Mm. So it's really good to send one of your, those emails. You can go to the Orans website and they've got links that take you straight through to members of parliament. And you can pick the one in your area or any others that you want to send them to and let them know how you feel. And just be rest assured that the anti abortion people um, will be hard out doing that. Yeah, true. they will. Being very vulnerable. But I
1: think even um, when the the bill passed its first reading. I think there were a couple of MPs who actually voted against their conscience based on feedback that they'd had from their constituents. So they voted for really? the bill, yeah, even though they themselves had already stated that they were anti-abortion. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it, it is effective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Jenny. may
0: be something that people. A lot of people vote in favour of um, a first reading, so the the. Uh, the bill stays on the table, and then they will change their vote uh, later okay. on. Oh but, but if they, yeah, so they will say, yes, let's Sneaky. keep discussing uh, this. Let's have the discussion. So I'm voting in favour, but actually, ultimately, I will vote against it. But, okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah politics the, well and see the the ugliest part of all of this has been Winston Peters who uh suddenly turned around and said uh that he wanted a referendum yeah. which is this is precisely the kind of political issue, piece of legislation, lawmaking, that should be decided by our elected representatives and not by referendum. very stupid. It's like referendum for Māori seats and councils. Why did he... This is Off Winston playing politics. I think oh. this has actually nothing to do with the issue. Right. I think this was Winston flexing his muscles and saying, "I am a really powerful member of this government coalition, and look how I can fuck you up." Yeah, because um, Tracy Martin, who is uh, his two IC, uh, has been one of the people most involved in uh, drafting the legislation, yeah. along with what Amy a Adams dick from move National to
1: play on her. You know, yeah,
0: totally. Um, her and uh, and Andrew Little, who has been amazing, mm. and so they've been quietly, or well not quietly, getting on with the work. And suddenly Winston pops up like a Jack in the Box, oh,
1: he chucks her over the bus.
0: Nope. I want a referendum. No one had discussed this beforehand. Um, So that was just Winston going, look how powerful I am. And I suspect Mm. that the women of New Zealand will not forget that we were used as a political football Mm. and a really, really important core issue for us. I will never forgive him. Every now and then, you know, I look at Winston and he says something (laughs) sensible like, um, let's uh, make learning to drive part of school curriculum because that's a gateway crime, is driving without a license for vulnerable young people. And you go, well done, Winston. And he says, why don't we teach... Reading and writing in prisons, and you go, well done, Winston. Oh, looks like I might be voting New Zealand first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, what's going on? <laughs> Never. Uh. But then he comes out with this, and I go, oh, I see what color, what what your stripes are. Yeah. Right. You are all about you, and you just use the women of New Zealand as a political football. And fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Get all.
2: It. Get out of it. Get out of it, Winston. I feel
0: very sorry for Tracy Martin because he made mm. her look like she wasn't on top of things because yeah. mm. he pulled the rug out from underneath mm. her. And she's great, yeah.
2: Oh, you're saying on powerful man undermining the yeah, hard weird. work of women. Weird. weird, eh? I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's kind of a new, sounds like a new trend. <laughs> what do you call that? <laughs> Another woman we're feeling very, very sorry for this month is JJ Feeney. Yeah. The, the verdict came in from her sexual or indecent assault Taxi taxi driver uh, trial, the, ju- the jury reached eleven to one not guilty.
0: Yeah,
2: it's just re- and reading the news coverage about it and the again it's the questions that the defence came yeah. up with. Yeah. Well, you had been drinking lots. Why were you sitting in the front seat? Yeah,
1: the conclusion that they drew, which I find probably the most offensive, is that the whole thing was a ploy to get attention from her ex-husband. Yeah, I find that disgusting. That's like, as we've said many times before, women don't put themselves through the court's no. process no, no, for fun or revenge unless no. there's something very, very wrong with them. And we don't think that there's something very, very wrong with JJ Feeney. We think that she was trying to get justice for something that was done wrong to her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's not
0: actually about another man. It's about her. Yeah. And... There was absolutely no evidence offered that uh, trying to get her ex-husband's attention was part of a pattern. It wasn't um, – they get on really well. They work together. They Mm. uh, see each other on a daily basis. There is no evidence for the claim that she did this to get his attention. And I find it appalling that you don't have to in any way – you can make a statement like that, but you don't have to back it up with any other patterns of behaviour that suggest this might be true. You can just throw that out there and go, this is what she was doing. Well, I Mm. object. I object, Your (laughs) Honour.
2: And all the comments people saying – Oh, just trying to stay relevant and get attention. I'm like, it's JJ Feeney is incredibly famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is still on the radio every single day. Yeah. 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 I don't think she's doing this as a PR stunt.
0: And the idea that uh, she was drunk and therefore didn't know what was... Who's not drunk when they take a taxi exactly. home? That's exactly. why you take a taxi <laughs> home. That's the whole thing.
1: Like, on the, as far as the jury goes, I do understand that it's hard... To convict someone without any evidence of the thing that has been accused. And I get that and I, I appreciate that. And so that's why I'm not, I guess, a hundred percent surprised that this was mm. the verdict. But the comments surrounding it continue to be really shit, really biased. The uh, the onus of responsibility is all on her.
2: Oh, it's me. <laughs> Sorry. So it's just some meditative <laughs> chimes. Nice. Calm me down.
0: I was getting quite hit up. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Yeah, and also the, it seems like the case was never taken terribly seriously by the police who took a very long time to uh, issue the warrant to get the security camera footage from the taxi. In fact, they waited so long that it was no longer available. Um, and there was a period of at least a couple of days before between the warrant being issued and the warrant being exercised, it would seem, from the news reports. So it wasn't like they took it very seriously yeah. and looked for the evidence that was available. So there had been some evidence yeah. and uh, it was it it was not sought mm. after quickly enough.
2: God so. damn it. And then without that it's just who's who's telling the truth? Yeah, here. it's just a he said. Exactly. And he now said it's like said. insinuating that she lied about this yeah. whole thing happening, which is
0: Yeah, and the idea that anybody puts themselves through this. This when did this happen? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, October. So it's two years yeah. of hell. For her. Mm.
1: Just for a bloody laugh. Yeah,
2: just, just, so, yeah. A little just, bit just so people didn't notice her. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, went to the blockhouse the other day and I stood in a shower, not on. It was just Ethan the and Sam's shower. shower <laughs> and Dom and JJ were there together Yeah, talking. Yeah. And he had his, her attention. The whole time? <laughs> the whole time. Pretty much. The whole time. You're on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. Rest your case. It's an, it's an absolute shocker. Shall we shall we share some cool tips to lift them? up? Oh, good idea. I like cool tips. <laughs> Mine is the one that I stole from you. For me? <laughs> that you offered me. I've been moving house and trying to move animals, oh, which yeah, I, found, yeah, I find yeah. very yeah. difficult. Yeah. And you told me the easiest way to get a cat into a, a carrier thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <is> to turn <laughs> the carrier upright and drop the cat in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then lock it like that yep. and then just gently bring it back down. Yeah and I've been doing it non-stop.
1: The vertical cat drop. The
2: vertical cat drop. This is great. It's the coolest. It's like very, I mean, I still get scratches sometimes, yeah. but it's easier than trying to shove them in horizontally. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then they just, just sort relatable. of spread
1: out so that they're much well, bigger exactly. than the door. And when they're just sort of dangling from your hands, they can't <laughs> see that yeah. they're being lowered into a box. You oh, just blindfold them <laughs> Yeah. As well. Put A hat. On. Oh, I'm glad that that worked for you. It did work, it worked Yeah, my very well. cat was particularly difficult when mm. it came to carriers, so it took me quite a few years to develop that technique. I'm, <laughs> I'm pleased that it's working. Yeah, we'll share
2: it with the world. The drop cat, it's good, <laughs> I like it.
0: I don't have very. I, my only cool tip is um, aerosol sunscreen when you're alone on holiday. Oh, it's I the can only way to you can get your back that. done. I'm put on my list. Yeah, I still don't think that it's necessarily as good as the sunscreen that you smear with your hands. But you can um, stand nude, as we know. I've worked out what everybody else knew—that you put your sunscreen on nude and then mm-hmm. put your togs on. <laughs> right? Right. So you stand in your bathroom and you have to put a bath mat on the floor because it's slippery. The spray everywhere, right, Mm -hmm. which is what you want but not on the floor and yeah you can spray your very own back so my back is not sunburnt even though for several days of my holiday I was by myself without anybody to help the other thing apparently you can do is smear a door with sunscreen and rub yourself against (laughs) it, (laughs)
2: I'm not <laughs> i like a bear or something. Yeah. I'm
0: That's not. more environmentally friendly though to me I guess bear. so, yeah. No aerosol. I don't like the aerosol thing, but it's the only way
1: I could it's the only way. get it on. It might be like a pump spray. Version sure. available somewhere. Yeah,
0: that doesn't spread so well. You still still need a oh, hand. Oh yeah, that's true, true, true. But yeah. that would be great for squirting on the door and yeah. rubbing yourself <laughs>
1: against it. There you
0: go. There's, There's
1: got to be an easier way than that. Here's
2: my hot tip, really hot tip. What about you, Leone?
1: Mine's a very lukewarm tip, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been helpful to me. Uh, Well, it's a particularly niche tip for people like me who have a lot of different bags in rotation. Okay. I don't have a handbag. Yeah. I have a variety of totes. Yeah. Nice. And I quite often forget to transfer things that I need from bag to bag. Mm -hmm. So I started just putting everything in a smaller toiletry bag, Mm. which for some reason I started calling my pod. (laughs) And that has all of my things in it at all times. And the only thing I have to transfer from bag to bag is my pod. My pod. <laughs> so my, my bag pod. Why don't you, you just got, carry the pod? Because it's just like, I'll put it down and I'll forget it. Okay. I need something all that right. goes over my yeah. shoulder. Okay. You know. Yes, pod. So it's got, you know, my tampons for emergencies. I'm using a cup. They're there for an emergency. And my lip balm <laughs> and my keys and some sanitizer and all that sort of thing. Yep. It's a small little package oh, that's shit. good Pot. but it's really transformed me forgetting stuff
2: yeah yeah this is it's good any
1: tip that I can give myself on how to forget things less makes my <laughs> life a lot easier
2: that's a really great idea for a while I tried to do the um, Marie Kondo like if you have a little box next to your Back door, front door, wherever you go, wherever you leave in the morning. And that's where you offload your wallet, keys, et cetera, from your bag. Oh, yeah. Every morning and every night. Oh. Admins. Yeah, neutral. that's too much. Also, I it? have a lot of loose keys. Oh. <laughs> I'm oh not good. God. Why are they loose? I don't know. They fall off and then I just carry them around loose. I'm just playing and Russian roulette <laughs> <laughs> every day. <laughs> Who knows what door I'll open. <laughs> I no, do have keys
0: great. on my key ring and I don't know what they're for. Yeah. I don't know what they unlock, but I'm too scared to take them off because
1: yeah. one day I go... I purged oh, myself they're those they're a they're long they're time
2: ahead. ago. Like, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, Let's talk about the people who don't believe climate change is real and how a lot of new research is suggesting that it's because they are misogynist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, really? Oh Really?
0: This really resonated,
2: didn't it? I,
0: it makes so much sense. So, it's some researchers in Sweden, um, at the at the Chalmers University of Technology, did some academic research into uh, climate denialism, and uh, and have discovered that there is this really strong link between people who believe in, uh, that, that there is no climate change going on, and they're also anti feminists and mm-hmm. far right numpties. Can I say numpties? Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Um, and they said that for climate sceptics climate it's not the environment that was threatened, it was a certain kind of modern industrial society mm-hmm. built and dominated by their form of masculinity. Uh. And it, it presents itself in being horrific about uh, people like Greta Thunberg mm-hmm. g- and dismissing her as Young, just a
2: kid,
1: yeah, mentally, no
2: no one's challenging her because she's young, and also people are saying, Oh, she doesn't. There's been a real weird, like, Oh, she doesn't, she looks much younger than 16, like, weirdly, kind of, I don't know, but judging her appearance, that she doesn't look the right 16 when, like, the subtext of it being (laughs) the 16 year old they're thinking about is like some kind of sexy teen. Uh, It's just gross. uh, I've seen some really gross stuff written about her, but it also, I feel like. (laughs) We see it in um, everyday life. Toby Morris did an amazing side-eye about... There's also some uh, more research that suggests men don't like to do environmentally friendly things because they see it as um, eroding their masculinity or or questioning their heterosexuality. If I recycle this... If I recycle this or if I use this um, reusable bag... At the supermarket, yeah. I'll be less of a man. So
1: we need some swan-dry supermarket bags. <laughs> yes. Stat.
2: Or some supermarket bags
0: with Rugby World Cup designs I on them. I just don't
1: mm. want to believe that people are that fragile. That's oh, but insane. They are. I think they really don't. Oh, I men... can't use that bag. It's flowery. It's the fucking supermarket.
0: Yeah, nobody Who cares. cares? Nobody put your cans in it and move on. But I think it's, you know, the men don't like to have bags, right? That's why, because they got pockets, Mm. They insisted on the pockets. They won the pockets, yeah. and they don't like bags. So if, if the <laughs> supermarket gave them a bag to carry just for between there and the car, that's okay. But if they've actually if they're owning a bag, that's just a bit feminine. I constantly notice this even before I <laughs> I read this, and uh, I see men coming out of my supermarket all the time with their arms laden with. Stuff and no bag. Like there's a guy I saw him this week. He had a sweatshirt out, you know, like oh, yeah. like mm. maybe you'd been out picking blueberries or something. And um but it had a had some butter and some bread and a, a milk and milk that was hanging off okay. his hand. And just because he forgot, well, he didn't own a bag. He didn't take a bag. and he wasn't going to buy another bag because that's admitting defeat. Mm. So he's just carrying loose. I've items. done that
1: before.
2: Okay. <laughs> Just, in, the right. in the sweatshirt.
1: Because <laughs> I have too many bags. Yeah. yeah. I just have too many. I was like, I cannot buy another bag. And all the 20 cent paper ones were gone. I was like, right, this is this is my life now. Just
0: So my hot tip for that is that every time I forgot to take my bags out of the boot mm. and found myself in the supermarket going, oh, fuck, I forgot my bags, I would make myself leave the supermarket and go to the car and get one of, you know, leave my trolley with somebody, you know, and it doesn't matter if anybody takes anything out of your trolley because you don't own it yet yeah. anyway. Oh, that's true. And I would make myself do a walk of shame to the car and yeah. come back with the bag and it was so humiliating mm. that I have retrained my brain. Well, that's smart.
2: That's really, really I never smart. keep
1: them in my car. So maybe I should do the drive all the way home of shame to get the bag mm. and come back to my full supermarket <laughs> yeah, trolley. Yeah. It would, yeah.
2: You'd only do it, it would once. I would only do it once. <laughs> you have to offset the drive, of course. Oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> oh, it's fraught. It's very fraught. But, yeah, it's quite, it's, it's quite funny. Yeah. Like, if you think about the you know, a lot of the industries and things that have fucked up the planet have been led by men, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a, a good chunk of them, a yes. A good chunk
2: of it. Um. <laughs> you a, a fucking chunk of industrial bed. pollution. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm
1: okay with the idea of an affinity for Mother Earth, Papa Tua, Nuku, whatever being a, like a feminine relationship. I just don't get why guys can't have that relationship, as yeah. all, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's nothing wrong with seeing her that way mm. and then helping. You know, just jumping on board with the whole protecting... It's just
0: kind of a shame they can't tap into their kind of patriarchal, paternal, patronising, condescending... I'll take care of the planet. Look at me yeah. with my bags and my and my recycling. Think
1: of it as chivalry. Yeah, yes. think of her as just a weak, frail little girl, frail mm. damsel in distress that needs a big muscular man. I can fix this to carry <laughs> the shopping and the multiple flowery Trilise Cooper shopping bags. <laughs> oh my god, she needs you.
2: But is Mother Earth hot, Leona? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good pertinent question. She's
2: hotter than she should be. (laughs) (laughs)
1: By two degrees.
2: Oh dear. It's good to laugh, Uh, isn't
1: it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're all
1: gonna sink into the ocean.
2: Um on that note actually, our very last on the rag episode for this season of our web series, we are hoping to do something about climate change and a feminist perspective on climate change, or just how women are feeling about it. Yeah. If you have any particular concerns or things you would like us to talk about or people you'd like us to talk to, places you'd like us to go, can you please send me an email at alex at thespinoff.co.nz? We're really keen to... um, Really give it a good crack yeah. for a big finale where we hope to save the world. The yeah. whole world. in twenty-two minutes <laughs> immediately. Yeah, we we're want- talking to Greta
1: Thunberg's people. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, she's not going to. She's not going to be on it. <laughs> oh dear, but yes, that would be really appreciated. You know, we want to give. We want to give you what you want to see. Yeah, that's what we've always we've always wanted to do. No, oh, just do you want to talk about Alan Jones? No, I've actively really. avoided this, um
0: <laughs> No, this I put story. it on I put it on the list just as another example <laughs> of an old man who's a bit <laughs> frightened of young Younger smarter women and all women are younger and smarter than Alan Jones <laughs> So it's not that newsworthy it's really tough, yeah but I did like the part of the story that I did like was the pushback that um, capitalism does when people go too far at a kind of tip- tipping point in social history so Alan Jones did that horrible thing about um, wanting to to Scott Morrison to put a sock down our Prime Minister's throat, which was violent and disgusting and horrible. Um, But the thing that was really cool, I guess, is that so many of the people who advertise on his radio show pulled their advertising. Capitalism doing something that it doesn't always do, which is to uh, make a stand against misogyny. Mm -hmm. So that was the cool part of the story. Meanwhile, Alan Jones is...
2: Still on the radio, but hey ho And the planet. Yeah. See, I thought when I just saw these headlines, I thought it was Alex Jones. You know that InfoWars guy. Oh. <laughs> Why is he always just like oh, an A Jones? Bob Jones. Bob Jones. Yeah. I mean
1: I guess like a statistical probability thing. There's just a lot of Joneses <laughs> in yeah. the world, yeah. but
2: I don't know. Keeping up with the Joneses. Up, I don't God, want that to almost be a new segment. Jeepers creepers. Yeah, the Jones boys. I should yeah. No,
1: no. <laughs> Got better things to do.
2: Dionzing. Um Leone, <laughs> do Hi. you want to talk about an update at Ahimatel? It seems like there's been a big there was a big police reduction kind of halfway through the, the month, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So the police presence has reduced, um and then the sort of the vigilance of the land protectors has um sort of been reduced to from a red to sort of like an orange, so they don't do a night shift anymore. Um, they're not accepting any more campers out there to give the um, whenua a bit of time to rejuvenate mm. because it's been very muddy and a lot of people come in and going in and so the ground has gotten a little bit messed up. Um, but there's still people out there all the time and there's still really interesting events going on and speakers, so it's still really great to get out there and um, like show your mm, support. Mm. And in return for that support, you get to learn lots of really cool things and talk to really interesting people. But yes, they're still there. Um, for now, there's not really any movement on anything that's going on. There's a lot of chat from uh, super sleuth Duncan Garner that yeah. Tainui have bought the land. He might be right. We don't know. I think maybe he's got a friend in Fletcher's who's telling him stuff like this, which is why he's confident enough to announce it to the world. Mm. As far as Seoul goes and mana go, they have not been told that this is 100% happening. Um. So until it comes from them, it's not true, you know. Yeah. But God, Gunner's a big old dick about it. Like was he? the prediction might be true, might not be true. But his framing of it was just this really like just still didn't understand what the occupation was about. Right. thought that it had to do with money, thought that mana want the land for themselves, which of course they don't. They were trying to protect it and share it at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, and it was just so stupid and I found bad, like I don't want to talk about someone's kids publicly, but he has Maori daughters and I mm-hmm. and I know that their land Protectors out at Ihumato. So l- listening to your dad just oh, wow. come out with that. this ignorant rubbish, and mm. like mainstream media, it must be heartbreaking for them.
0: Yeah, mm. it, it must be also really difficult. Oh, my heart breaks for um, <laughs> for Pakeha men and well Pakeha to shift that paradigm of it's about money, it's about land, yeah. it's about mm. a commodity, as opposed to being about whenua that has its own spirit. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that is... But again, I he, he was married to a Māori woman, he has Māori children. The idea that he still doesn't understand those concepts is just totally amazing to me. But yeah, so he is talking about it as, as like an attack on private property. Right. Right. So, that basically it could happen to any of us that, like, some mob might just come and decide <laughs> that backyard, they want so our much. house and that they're just gonna dig their heels in. And it's like, <laughs> and then he said something like the facts were very thin on the ground or something. It's like, you know, there's a lot of information out there mm. about the various environment court cases, the history of the land. So I've been talking about it for a very long time and are happy to educate anyone that wants to go out and have a walk around and they talk about their ancestor and when they came to the Monaco And it, it's just like, there's so much information, Duncan Garner, just because you didn't, you didn't read any of it. Mm. You know, that's not the same thing. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you read can't it. read doesn't mean it's not there.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. I think there's also in the new loading docks season, I think there's... There's a short documentary about Parnia oh, cool. Newton, um, which looks amazing. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but there's a really good lineup of stuff there. Cool. I think maybe Duncan's worried that they're gonna like um, invade his his man cave. Yeah. Because I've seen yeah. the spread oh, of that man cave, and he's uh, very proud of no that. No
1: one wants that man cave. <laughs> it's the most depressing <laughs> room Sad I have dartboard. ever seen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh bless. Oh dear. Also this month, it was quite a, a very, very dark story came out of the new season of Married at First Sight, which mm, hasn't actually yeah. even started on TV mm. yet. It starts this Sunday. Um, it basically came out that one of the contestants or one of the grooms, Chris Mansfield, um, had an outstanding charge of domestic violence in the US from 2009 and that he had skipped bail and se- seemingly left the country um, and had come to New Zealand and, and had been married... Not legally, but still married and put up with a stranger. And um they had to edit they're editing him out of the show probably as we speak. Yeah. It's pretty it's a pretty extraordinary story. Like it's shocking that it happened, but I also kind of empathize with like they couldn't he lied. Yes. He lied. Yeah, yes. And There's
1: no way of checking someone's there criminal record in another
0: country. No, right? because of yeah. privacy reasons. So basically, you're asking people to do this the equivalent that you do when you fly into a country. Do you have any criminal records? Who answers yes to that? Yeah. Um, so he <laughs> said no. Uh, so they didn't know. I think what this story says to me is the disconnect between we understand that one in four women in New Zealand experience sexual harassment or assault. We understand that number, but we never seem to think about that means that some number of men are guilty of that. And we just kind of assume Mm. that this is a thing that happens to women, but men don't... Do it so we don't. I mean, you can't extrapolate and say one in four men is an assaulter, yeah, because Mm. some of them might be very fucking busy. So and guilty of multiple harassment and assault incidents, but we kind of forget that every time you look at a room of men, Mm. a portion of them are perpetrators. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and yeah. So that's something that, when it comes to doing programs like this, they're just going to have to Mm. bear in mind, have front of mind, front of mind. Yeah.
2: Um, it was also kind of interesting. I think when there was the first sort of round of reporting of it, it was sort of like domestic violence claims, blah blah blah. But what really I think hit home was when the woman spoke out who it happened to and said, you know, I'm talk, I was strangled. You know, this is like incredibly serious incredibly violent behavior. And it just goes to show like also how kind of insipid that can be and that he can make his way onto a reality show. Yeah. They have, you know, I'm not going to say that they have the most, I don't know what their testing methods are, but they say they have psychological testing. They have as much background checks as you can do. And also we talked about this on The Real Pod. This guy was also a brand ambassador for Heineken. Right. So there was a sense of kind of, I don't know, there was a, he a has safety net around him which made you think, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, a bad guy wouldn't be a public yeah. figure in that regard, if and be like representative alcohol brand
1: manipulate people into liking him.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's probably exactly. worth also saying that he was cut from the program. Not ex- he's he's now been expunged from it, mm. like he was never there. Mm. But he was cut from the program because before this information came to light, because of. Um, Aggressive behavior,
2: volatile behavior. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: and then they found out about his decade-old Ugh. history. Yeah. So, his so it looks like a dog and barks like mm, a dog.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm, it, yeah. They can't, they can't hide it forever. It yeah. is interesting to think, you know, had those, um, had those allegations not come out, or sorry, had that charge not come out, that how that would have played out in the show. It is fascinating This is the kind of guilty thing I have to reconcile with as a reality TV fan of like, I'm sure that would have been a Sunday night cliffhanger. Yeah. Because those dinner parties or when there's those explosive moments, that's kind of why these shows exist. And when you really have to confront the fact that that could be based on a history of violent behavior or aggression... Oh. yeah, how did it manifest itself in this environment exactly. and, and what
0: did it look like? And yeah. there's
2: also, you know, the the poor woman that he got married off to who was just taking a plunge oh. at love and poor reality lady. TV yeah. and taking a huge risk and also... I hope they're looking after her sufficiently. Totally. Um, She was also just getting ready to be on telly, you know, and that whole thing just gets taken away from you as well as like... Probably what could have been considered a safety risk to her being shacked up with this man, who she had no idea who he really was. It's like it is almost like borderline a kind of an unreal horror story. It's also almost like it's a
1: horrible idea for a TV show. I agree. It's almost
2: like you should stop marrying strangers.
1: Yeah, stop marrying strangers (laughs) off. Yeah, stop forcing people into
0: intimacy with people they don't know.
2: (laughs) I don't think it's giving us the right messages
0: yeah
2: yeah i've got i i, I don't think also com- when you compare it with the last australian season of married at first sight which was just so oozingly toxic and r- like there was violence in that as well there was bullying there was affairs and it just tipped over an edge but you're like oh no this isn't what people want to watch no. anymore. No. well also because like, they definitely it?
1: hadn't chosen the contestants. Because they thought they were good people that they wanted to help find love. They chose them to do all of those things on television.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: So it's a disingenuous experiment.
2: Yes. Totally. That needs what to end. What should do is like, does findsomeone.co.nz still exist? Or one of those like classic so. online dating services. And do it like via that. Maybe just don't even put it on TV. Yeah, interesting to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of aggressive men <laughs> on the television, Marco Pierre White mm. has said this month that women are too emotional to be chefs. Yeah. This is a man who I have seen yeah. lose his fucking yeah. mind every single time he guest judges <laughs> like Master Chef and freaks Honestly, out, those it, things. It's the stupidest thing. But uh, yeah, exactly. I don't
1: know if you guys have worked in hospital, but I worked yeah. in hospital for about ten years, and. My experience and other women I worked with is that yes, there were a lot of five-minute tearful five-minute breaks that made, needed to be taken regularly. This is true. Mm. But what I saw in a lot of the male staff and the chefs was. What he's obviously construed as being able to absorb pressure better, which is bottling everything Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. and then having a Hulk rage meltdown where you throw shit at the other staff and you swear and yell. Or the quiet ones just end up with horrible addiction issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like this guy's been in this industry a long time. Imagine being that blind. To the way that, like, different people are processing that high-stress environment. I would take a few tears once a month. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or every couple of weeks, even, in my case. Um, over that it's so unhealthy it's such a
0: microcosm of how the whole world works isn't it that women tend to have um, on a cyclical basis Mm -hmm. sensitive and emotional moments that are generally inward looking rather than thrashing outwardly whereas men don't feel stuff and don't feel stuff and refuse to feel stuff and then explode yeah. with mm. a hot pan and a yeah. knife in mm. their hands. I also liked it that he said that women weren't strong enough to carry heavy pans. Fuck you. That is such I a know. ridiculous thing for
1: a chef to say. Like They're not out here cooking with 80 kg pans. <laughs> no, it's
0: not.
2: They're not women chefs core. spend
1: all their day lugging shit around <laughs> as well. They are cut.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a great quote. Look at the size of some of the pans you're carrying. Can you imagine you're a lady in the kitchen saying, well, you carry that pan for
1: me <laughs> I'll show you where I'll put that pan yeah. Marco and also imagine asking someone for help gross
2: <laughs> but the
0: responses have been great like um, Asma Khan who has um, an Indian restaurant in London that has an all female kitchen said uh, like a three day old fish these comments reek of patriarchy and there's no room in the kitchen for rotting fish or chefs with these attitudes thank yeah. you Marco <laughs>
2: Oh dear! He even cuts onions angrily. I've seen some mad, mad knife work with <laughs> that man before. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, good the for The creepy laugh. doctor. I've just seen the creepy doctor, and the. I also haven't almost purposefully read about this because it makes me feel sick. Yeah.
1: So there was a doctor and Nelson. Nelson doctor who was recording his patients getting undressed. And there was a couple of instances of him recording a couple of friends in his home. What? Just in the the bathroom. And he has been suspended for one year from medical practice, but he has not lost his license.
2: What?
0: Imagine! What? Like, was there any... Was there any reason that he was recording? Was he looking for signs of Parkinson's disease? It
1: was private motor skills moments? The defence was completely non-existent. It was like, yes, I have done this for the purpose of looking at women undress, but there were no children in any of the images, so that makes me a good guy.
0: Whoa. What? Basically, that was the defence.
1: I don't know if that's why they let him keep his medical license. So like, like, mm, yes.
0: Yeah. Not a paedophile. Pay right. Well
1: <laughs> But yeah, so... Um, If you're in the Nelson area, or I mean, maybe he'll move, because I don't think many people in the Nelson area will want to have him as a doctor after this, but his name is Samuel John Simpson Wilson, Mm. which is too many names. Far Mm -hmm. too many names. And they're all very (laughs) generic names, so it is actually going to be quite hard to identify him as the pervy doctor, but... I, I urge you to look up the the news article so you yes. can see his face and yes. make sure you de- don't ever have to have him as your doctor. And
0: if he turns up at a medical centre near you, just say that it's suddenly feeling up hell of a lot better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> turn around
1: Ooh, get out of there this fractured leg in ten places is just I'm fine now
0: <laughs> it's like what do you have to do to be exactly because doctors are one of the they're the people that we rely on so much and tru- there's so mm. much trust and yeah. intimacy with mm-hmm. a doctor right um, so yeah you would think that the threshold would be somewhat lower in terms of Now nah, that'll do mate off you mm. go
2: and I mean, there's there's a lot of doctors, right? Like, you could just get rid of him. Yes, and I'm sure there'd be someone else who'd it's be willing It's not Kiwi to... Build, is it? <laughs> it's like there's there's another doctor. Surely we're not that short of doctors. <sighs> Shall we, on a lighter note, talk about what we've been watching and reading this yes. month? Recommendations. What yes. do we got? I have been reading. Um, so if, if anybody
0: else is in the space where they uh, their brain is a little fragile. <laughs> And maybe they're interested in reading about grief but not actually reading about grief because I, I found some books on grief and um, they just made me really fucking sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're miserable and dark. But two novels that I've read in the last week while I was on holiday, um, one of them is uh, Love and Fame, Susie Boyd. Uh, and it is fabulous and beautifully written. Susie Boyd, I hate placing people on the world by who their male relatives are. But she uh, is the daughter of Lucien Freud, the artist, and the great-granddaughter of Sigmund Freud. And it's I think it's relevant because the lead character the protagonist in the novel is the daughter of a really famous actor and uh and yeah so the book is about grief and it's um it's funny and sweet and smart and beautifully written and the other one is by sarah winman both of these are english um writers the other is uh, when god was a rabbit which was published in 2011 but i'd never heard of it and it's just beautiful um I don't know how to describe it it's a it's a story that uh, that starts when a girl is five and finishes when she's in her early adulthood and um again it's about death and um losing people and finding people uh, and it's just beautifully written. Hmm. I'll stop talking. That's so, good. "When God Was a Rabbit" by Sarah Winman and Love and Fame, Susie Boyt. Brilliant. Can't can't recommend them highly enough.
1: Put it on the list. A
2: book club. What about you,
1: um, I, to be honest, haven't been reading anything of late. Although my speaking of Freud's, my <laughs> partner has been reading to me. Uh, Freud's Interpretation of Dreams. Just stop it this now. Stop it now. Reading.
0: Your partner's reading to you. Yeah, oh. This is the most beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> I
1: love that. We read to each other.
0: Oh, my God. I <laughs> oh love it.
1: The problem is I think I have, like, a Pavlovian response from childhood to fall asleep almost immediately. When somebody's reading mm. you. When someone's to reading. Yeah. So he has been reading Interpretation of Dreams to me and I've been falling asleep immediately. <laughs>
0: Does he notice that you're asleep? No, I don't know. Oh, I does he just know. Keep reading? I'm asleep? Mm. Yeah. But when he when he picks it up the next day, do you feel like you've missed a bit? Yes, he's
1: like, where where did we get to before you fell asleep? And I'm like, mm, the <laughs> beginning of the book, probably. <laughs> no, but we do. We take turns reading to each other, and uh, oh, I love so you both. It. That is so it's nice. Lovely.
2: It's nice
1: to fall asleep too.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you, can you remember anything? Every about night, the book? no. <laughs> You know the title, at least.
1: I know the title and who yes, it's by. <laughs> um, but I have been watching, I, I won't recommend it sort of in terms of like a good feminist watch, but I've been watching this um, YouTube weekly series called PAC, P-A-Q. It's a men's fashion show uh, run, hosted by these four young men from London. There's like sort of two black guys, a Middle Eastern guy and a young Yorkshire boy who looks like a baby McJagger. Jagger. He's Very, they're all very, very nice. But what I like about it, so they have these like fashion challenges and they go thrifting or they borrow like fancy high-end clothes and they have to put outfits together. But it's been this really amazing sort of education in like non-toxic Gen Z boys. Right. So it's a show of four boys. And so you'd think that that would be like super mask. But they're actually really like interested in exploring like women's clothing for men, and they do styling challenges with women, and the women are all different shapes and sizes, and like it's just like a su- super diverse like group of people in their community from like all over London and all over Europe. And like it's funny, which is why I like watching it, and I like outfits. I, wa- I like watching people put outfits together. But I was just sort of like, if you have teenagers, and this is what they're watching. Mm. Yay! Yeah. Fucking yeah. yay! Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's not, they had like a, a skirt challenge and it wasn't about like dressing up in drag. It was like, skirts are awesome. I don't see why only women get to wear them. Mm-hmm. Let's make skirts and look really Scottish great. own guys Toyo. Yeah. It's
2: cool. Yeah. We I mean, wear
1: makeup sometimes and I like it. love that. Yeah. On
2: that note of stuff that teenagers could watch, I watch Book
1: Oh I can't I wait, wait, to wait to see Booksmart. it. Oh my
2: god, Booksmart is so good. I s instantly I think it was probably less than five minutes and I was weeping just out of like recognition and happiness of like it's just these two high school girls who like never quite fit in and their very final maybe even week or last days of high school realizing it's 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 like super bad. It's super bad but women basically. Yeah. And there's also like, one of them's queer and it's just like if I compare that to the kind of high school girl movie that was when I was starting yeah. third form, which was Mean Girls, yeah. which is hilarious, yeah. and the more you watch it, is actually like very much a satire. But when I watched it as a teenager, I was like, I want to be Regina George. Like, I didn't get the, I didn't get the point of that movie. <laughs> <All> I <right. laughs> was like, I want to be a plastic. <laughs> Whereas um, you watch something like Booksmart, and I'm like, in the, I don't know how old I am, fifteen years <laughs> since then. It's just, like, phenomenal, the leap forward and, like, the texturing of the characters of these texturing. Yes. Texturing?
0: Yeah, Yeah. texturing. Texturizing.
2: (laughs) The texture of these young women and their hopes and dreams, but also, like, flaws and just frankness, and it's just so funny. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, I never realized that, like, when I was a teenage girl, you don't really see other teenage girls being funny. They're always, like, there to be looked at or perfected or... Yeah, yeah. Look a certain way. and God, I just... I saw it with one of my best friends from high school and I was just like... I was beside myself. I love it. That's cool. Of laughter. But also, yeah. Which reminds me, I also
0: saw On the Plane Late Night with Emma Thompson and Mindy Kaling. Oh, yeah. And it's superb. It's absolutely superb. And again, it's, um, you know, female-driven, obviously. And it's about a a woman who... Emma Thompson is a late-night talk show host who... um, is accused of with good reason of not liking women like mm. the, you know there's a writer's room with only men in it and she's yeah. never met them and she never has female guests on or else they're yeah um, and yeah and Mindy Kaling comes along and challenges all of that mm. and there are some really great discussions about um uh, Quotas and whether you actually do need a why can't you just have a whole lot of white men in a room writing jokes for a lady? Why why would that be wrong? You're the (laughs) you're the token woman of colour, and it's your fault that men like us are losing our place in the world. And yeah, so there's some really good discussions in it, and it's also really fucking funny. And Emma Thompson is. Oh, amazing, I'd love Emma. Top, yeah, she's just she's so superb. And I don't know, I, I noticed the shoes a lot. She wore some <laughs> really amazing shoes, really. Yeah, wow. yeah, Yay. lots of flats, lots of wedges, some crazy mules. Um, I yeah. Kayleen is
1: really hot for shoes, she, I would say that's probably her influence probably, on the wardrobe department. Yeah,
0: well, she d- didn't do, do too badly in the wardrobe department on the shoes either. Yeah. it was mm. great. She's fabulous. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. I want her to be my friend. Late
2: no,
1: actually, that just reminded me as well. I have also been watching season three of GLOW, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a show that just never gets bad. It just continues to get better. But there was a moment on there. So our uh, colleague Josie Adams wrote this really good piece recently about a naked dinner that she went to that didn't necessarily go as she'd hoped. And I urge you to go to the spin-off and find that piece and read it. But there's a line that Josie said um, about you know, she won't find nudity revolutionary until she sees someone playing it for laughs. Mm. And there's a scene in Chloe where the main character, Alison Brie's character, is trying to make someone laugh. So she turns around, she puts on, like, a full noise, like, Vegas feather headdress, like, showgirl headdress, and then takes her top off and just does this, like, ridiculous dance where she's, like, waving her boobs in her friend's face trying to make her laugh, and then she gets snapped with someone like someone walks in but it is so fucking funny and it was the absolute personification of using nudity for laughs that our workmate had written about like you know the flaws that you want to see and like nudity becomes sort of normalized when it's not there just for men to look at and I was like that was such a great example of it.
2: Oh my god, that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's I very like funny. Also, in boobs so look many... very funny
1: when you just chuck them around.
2: <laughs> you can get them to swing in concentric circles if you <laughs> get the right lean on. There's actually a, f- a very mm. funny boob bit in it, it chapter two. Oh, it hey. all odds played for laughs, but it's also by like a six foot demon woman. <laughs> so I don't know if that's feminist or, <laughs> or not, but maybe she's Mikey or Queenie. <laughs> I have one more book recommendation I've nearly got to the end of Trick Mirror a collection of essays about self delusion by Gia Tolentino and it's one of the fucking most amazing I've kept stopping and it's been like it's so smart and reading reading bits out to Joe who doesn't really listen but I'm gonna get him to (laughs) read it (laughs) it's like there's It's a series of essays, they're all kind of like, there's just intrinsic kind of feminist notions all the way through it. But the one that really resonated with me is one that actually got published kind of in full on The Guardian, which was about um, athletic wear, athleisure, Mm. and the kind of new aesthetic of well-being and perfection and how that is like the ultimate extension of the patriarchy now is that um, this type of outfit and these looks – exist within like always having to sculpt your body and it's it's, leggings are expected to be worn by a certain type of body and if you don't have that body you have to wear the leggings to get that body Mm -hmm. and it's like this endless cycle and it just freaked me out I haven't explained it very well no no, I haven't explained it very well but it's it's like amazing it blew my mind some of the things she comes up with I love you Jo Jo she's amazing (sighs) yeah she's so smart like how it's the intersection of like the patriarchy and capitalism that now this idea of just like, yeah, well-being and, and fitness and all of that. And none of them are bad on their own. But the expectation that now women have to do all of it and it's just part of now our daily routine that, you know, we do all these things which are still working towards self-perfection and assuming that we are wrong. Being our optimal self. Being our mm, optimal self. Self-optimization. Self-optimization. That's the thing. And it just, mm.
1: yeah. Athleisure wear is oppression.
2: I, I read that
0: article and... Just felt incredibly grateful to be fifty-eight, and (laughs) I don't have to be part of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if I lived in California, I would, but I just go, no. See, it's not aimed at me. Nobody's asking me to join in this, and I'm. It's. I just feel so relieved because I read that and I felt fucking tired. Mm.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And to be clear, we're all the leggings you want. Sure, it's not the point here.
1: It's very comfortable to nap in. I'm wearing stretch pants right now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's all about what you want. Yeah. Because it's on the rag. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it just, it it did make me sort of think about feelings I've had in the past where I'm like, I want to go for a walk, but to go for a walk means wearing really tight leggings and a tight top and I don't feel tight enough. Just get track pants, (laughs) To wear those things. Live your life in track pants. Exactly. I wear my Barker's tracky. Yes. I love my Barker's tracky so classic. much. It's a classic piece. But I was like, that's kind of an interesting feedback loop. Yes. Of like, yes. there's I a reason why fitness, like, it's tight. I it's can't short. exercise
0: because I don't look right in my exercise wear. Yeah. Yeah. So I will never look right in my exercise wear because I can't exercise. And, and I have to eat this kind of food and I have to eat it really fast so that I can go back <laughs> and earn enough money so that I can afford to eat this kind of food and eat it really fast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and she talked about, we like, shall. bar Oh, I'm so depressed now. No, <laughs> just do
0: what I do. And buy yourself a Rose's lasagna and wear your warehouse track pants. That's, yeah. yeah, us uh, um, fuck it, fuck it. Love lasagna. One day you'll be 58 <laughs> and, you, and you, they won't be – nobody's trying to make you do this
2: anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're invisible. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Oh, it's like... <laughs>
2: What about a Kia Queenie of the month? Kia Ora Queenies! <laughs> Let's get the spirits back high. I
1: uh, <laughs> made a reference earlier in the episode oh, yes. about my Kia Queenie. So last night um, I went to an event which was the launch of an album called Waiata Anthems. And it is a combina- com- combination, no, mm-hmm. it's a compilation uh, <laughs> of songs by New Zealand artists Um, Very famous New Zealand artists like Bek Runga and 660 and um, Stan Walker And basically they've taken their biggest hit song and they've re-recorded it in Te Reo Māori So it's a release for Te Wiki o Te Reo, which is next week But the person who produced it and came up with the concept is my Kia Ora Queenie And it's Hinewehi Mohi So she's a wonderful singer-musician that I'm sure lots of you have heard of She also runs the um, Rokotori Music Therapy Trust, which does amazing work. Um, But she is the singer who, 20 years ago, stood up at the World Cup quarterfinal in Twickenham and sang the national anthem in Te Reo Māori and only Te Reo Māori. She didn't sing it in English. She thought she was just sharing Te Reo Māori with the world. She did it very innocently. Um, And she got home to a world of shit from the likes of Paul Holmes and other commentators who demanded to know why she had only sung in Te And of course now we sing it bilingually at every single sports match and that's because of her. She's been sort of like a a tireless Te campaigner her whole life um, and especially since then. So that album is to mark the 20th anniversary of her standing up and singing the national anthem in Te And so she's my Kia Queenie for the month because she's so awesome. Yes. And buy the album or listen to the album, stream yeah. the album, Waiata Anthems. It's really beautiful. You haven't lived until you've heard bit be- Runga sing Sway in Te Reo Māori. I mean, wow. I, got I mean, it's amazing. Oh, that would be
0: beautiful. Yeah. I it. So I think that
1: comes out tomorrow. What's the album Tomorrow? Called? That's meaningless to you. What is the album It's called <laughs> Waiata Anthems. Thank you. Out
0: ah, September yeah. 6th. Yeah.
2: That's great, That's great. My mm. hairs on my arms are going up. Mm. I'm
0: going to. I'm going to bring it down to an Australian economist now. Oh, hey! Okay. Much fun. But Dr. The Julie range. Smith um, is an Australian economist uh, who is trying to get breast milk counted in gross domestic product because it's a way of it's a symbol. It's symbolic of how all the Stuff that women produce and the caring that we do is not counted as uh, part of our economy, and women are invisible so often in GDP. And wow. so, she's worked out that in Australia, uh, 44 million litres of breast milk is produced each year, which is worth three billion Australian dollars. How do you price oh that? Because well, you can because in some countries, breast milk is commodified. Um, oh. Women uh, sell. To hospitals for um, babies oh, who are born prematurely. Right. So there's a price uh, in America, a hundred dollars a liter. Women also give it away on the internet. Mm. Give breast milk away a lot, but so it can be commodified. So you work out how many babies are being breastfed f- for how long and how uh, how many people are feeding them and yeah so she's in her guess is that in new zealand new zealand people with breasts produce 11 million liters of breast milk which is 1.1 billion dollars worth of contribution to the gdp wow. so i just love that i and you know she's really serious about it she's a serious economist who's going no hang on fuck you if you're going to measure our well-being and wealth using GDP, start counting the stuff that women produce. And you can commodify um, formula. So why can't you put a price on – why can't you value breast milk? Very
1: cool. So,
0: so she's my Kyoto Queenie. I know it's just yeah. a mind-shifting totally. way of thinking about what we do. Wow. I love it. What I else? love it.
2: What else can we sell? <laughs> <laughs> market (laughs) you want some spit (laughs) (laughs) uh mine is also uh another in a completely different field i'd just like to give a big shout out to shannon ryan on celebrity treasure island because she is out there looking amazing with full hairy pits and at first i was like well they've been on the island for ages maybe it's just grown out but They've only been on the island for like three days. So she arrived
1: to the show
2: with full hairy pits. And as someone who's growing out my pits right now, I was like, this is amazing. This is a moment. Yeah. And I just want to say a shout out to Shannon Ryan. I think she's also leading with style and charisma and courage on the (laughs) island. (laughs) (laughs) And I really hope that she wins. (laughs) Oh, that's great. But it's just so cool. Like She keeps going, yeah. And she's just got... And at first you're kind of like, whoa! It's still a, a new, yeah, a new thing site. To see. yeah. Um, and she just, she just doesn't care. So big shout out! What a, what a lineup! My goodness! I think we're at the end of the podcast, though. Okay. Ooh, well, um, thanks for sticking around all the way to the end. Thank you very much again to the Women's Bookshop for making this podcast possible. Yes, we love yes. you. Thank you very Women's much. Thank you, Tina. Thank uh, you, Tina. Uh, a wonderful producer who listens to all of this every. Single month. I think she
0: drifts off now and then, don't you? I don't
2: you? know. She looks happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, get in touch with us on our on the rag Facebook page. Email me your climate change ideas, and we'll see you next month. Yes. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye.